0: Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, Old Time Music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friends are Mark Harris, George Jackson, and me as Tall Poppy String Band, with special guest host Jake Blunt. We recorded this during IBMA back in February in Raleigh, North Carolina. Tall Poppy String Band recorded our first album last summer, and we just launched a Kickstarter to fund it. We're already over 23% funded I would love for the trend to continue in that fashion over the next few days. You can find that link in the show notes for this episode or all over Tall Poppy String Band social media so go pre-order a copy. We even have a listen on Spotify level for those of you who don't use physical media or personal music files, so you can listen however you like, guilt-free. We also have some very special rewards at higher levels like guitar, fiddle, and banjo lessons, Zoom concerts, original tunes written just for you, and song and tune requests. I'm really proud of this album. I think you'll really like it. Please consider buying it now through our Kickstarter campaign so we can release it as soon and as big as possible. Stick around afterwards, and I'll tell you how to keep up with Tall Poppy String Band. But first, here's our interview and jam. Enjoy.
1: Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, Old Time Music with Jake Boynton <gasps> <and> Friends. <laughs> Here today is the Tall Poppy String Band, fresh off of their first public performance as a band on a fantastic lineup that included Tatiana Hargraves, Allison DeGroot, and the Poor Ramblin' Boys, and Fair Black Rose. And you. Yes. Quite a debut, <laughs> nonetheless. To stand out as a new band in a lineup of of that caliber, and we can see why. What tune was that?
0: That was the Cuckoo. Yeah, spelled C-O-U-P, C-O-U-P, because my podcast has been stolen. (laughs) (laughs) That's my one one joke. I'm out for the rest.
2: I'm going to take it easy.
0: It's been a long week. Mark, you brought that tune. Talk about the cuckoo.
3: Yeah, it's uh, from John Snipes. Originally, you know, just banjo. It's super weird. Uh, the the recording, like I, for the longest time, I didn't know what to make of it, and I'm still not sure I do. Like I'm, what we, what I play is definitely not a faithful recreation,
0: um, and it's not going to be on guitar. I think it. I think it makes sense. With what the source recording sounds like, but you—you definitely had you had to make decisions. Yeah, I made some decisions. Yeah, and I stuck, by, <laughs> stuck by them. Yeah. Um, it's still in C Lydian.
3: Yeah, and I really liked that. Jeez. I really liked that aspect. And there's, <laughs> yeah, I could tell that there was something. You know, at first it seems like it's really hard to see where a part is ending and where it's starting. Um, but I could tell that there was something something cool with the phrasing going on something like that was felt really enigmatic it's got that i think just like that c you know that this particular approach to the tune which has this kind of like c lydian kind of feel is not like any other version i've heard
4: Mm. yeah very circular but like because it doesn't really have like uh, like the a part and the b part you know like It's almost just kind of like one sort of long form, Mm -hmm. you know, so kind of like... I don't know, instead of like having repeating bits, it just kind of goes around in a big circle, which I think is quite cool and
1: unique. So I'm what I'm, I'm, the coup is back. For, I'm taking over again. <laughs> the
2: coup I saw, yeah. I saw, I saw
1: interviewer camera I know. creeping out. I'm, I'm gonna, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be, be an t- obstructionist. This isn't your space. Thank God. So I'm interested, I feel like. It's really easy as an old-time musician, particularly as modern players, to kind of take these really old recordings where they don't necessarily operate with the same rhythmic and melodic norms as we now have and kind of cram them into something more regular. And I feel like your arrangement still left a lot of breathing room harmonically, rhythmically. I understood that there was a pattern to it, but I also felt like the many different ways you can interpret an old recording like that we're all in there and I'm curious to know what your process was for coming up with that arrangement
4: yes it was it was interesting um, I, I remember like I feel like when we were wor- working out these arrangement things uh, together you know it was our first time kind of working together as a trio so we were also trying to work out like what is the sound of this band you know we uh, I feel like Cameron had sort of come to Mark and I and I'm like hey like I think it'd be fun to work with you two in the conception of the band and and then we were like cool well let's all get together at George's place and then and then we were like oh so how does this band work like we don't, what is our sound so we, we were trying to figure that out and um and uh, and we sort of got to arranging this one um I feel like you know, there's always these moments when you when we're sort of playing to the tune, and and someone will stop and be like, oh, "I'm hearing something." Like, let's try this, and let's try that. And um, there was definitely Cameron had this kind of banjo roll thing going on, and I was like, "Oh, I really hear this um, this moment popping out," and and that's this one moment that that we sort of get going where I also play this kind of banjo roll thing, which is like. kind of thing anyway i can't in tune right now but um (laughs) but um but then we had this like big chat about like oh like like how do we feel about like making this kind of um this this banjo piece from this like black artist and kind of like adding this like almost like faux classical like overlay like we had this big kind of like discussion and like how we wanted to um and i like i really like the way that we we ended up kind of like just like putting that in there, like, and, and we really toned it back from where we had it at one point. Believe it or not. <laughs> it was very much like a rugged,
2: well,
1: that's it's like a strong. thing I think a yeah. lot of new bands have to go through, right? You yeah. find the thing yeah. that makes your sound unique, and then you do way too much of it, and then you have to calm down. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. definitely yeah. the like, how much is too much conversation yeah. is definitely, it's since one you all have yeah. to have. The that was I, a moment that was standing out to me, but yeah, whatever. Totally. Um,
0: yeah. The thing I really like, and about these two musicians that I felt like would be compatible with uh, my posture in old time music often is I feel like there's a really interesting um, balance between creativity and just like I want to use this tune as a jumping off point and add my own thing to it and do some cool stuff and let my hands and my ears like uh, have fun um, with these two musicians, uh, but also uh, both George and Mark are like super old time nerds, and they <laughs> love tunes. and I feel like that's when we kind of found our sound doing this tune because we're like, this is where we're trying to figure out how to communicate like our values like as a yeah. band, not like morally necessarily, but like, what is it that we want to communicate about how we regard... are a very regard- moral band. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
4: um, no, but I, no, but I totally agree. And I, and I, and I think, what, like, um, yeah, also, it, it's, it, it is about, like, we're trying to bring out the, this, like, really deep, like, love of old time that we all share but also this kind of exploratory innovating um, yeah like yeah trying to innovate and and being curious about other sounds that I think we all also have so so, and then like trying to figure out how we combine those two values in a way that satisfies both those sides of us
1: yeah. Very- I think I heard Howard Rains articulate this very well once as saying that it's really important to have a relationship with the source recordings. Oh, absolutely, that you can't lose touch with what you're what you're bringing yeah. it from. But also, you're not that person. You're not from that place. Yes. is it in a yes. sense more respectful to just be a copycat when there's a whole set of experiences and context you don't know? Yeah, or to do your own thing. I want to hear more about how this band came together because this is sort of like a mid-pandemic project,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, guess so,
1: yeah. Well, I, I guess we thought it
4: was at like the end of the pandemic, but, but now. JK. I, <laughs> JK.
0: I messaged these two. these two blokes. Uh, not thinking that they were both from the. ultimately from the same area of the world and. Uh, I guess twin cultures. Uh, I messaged them because I had been working on a solo album over the pandemic because I was getting some FOMO from all my friends having <laughs> pandemic albums. And my big pandemic project was keeping a baby alive <laughs> and keeping my family <laughs> sane and getting my older son through remote school. So I had been like, yeah, like grinding away at this solo album. And then I was just like, this has been a great reminder of how much I prefer playing with other people (laughs) and (laughs) like having dialogue in the music and not just with myself, I don't like monologuing. And, uh, then I just thought like, yeah, who are the, who are the people that like, if I just had the audacity to like first pick, who would I ask, you know, to like, throw in monetarily with their time and their energy and stuff and these are the and then
4: they
2: said no and after <laughs>
0: after <asked us. laughs> this is our silver metal band <laughs> and his third choice was <laughs> George oh, S- oh, Mac.
1: I wonder if you will play another tune I think it might be time
0: yeah what do you what do you yeah, want to play
4: let's do it do you want to play that Pride of America or Old Cow Died
0: oh yeah let's do Old Cow Died because yeah. that's we have a whole Argument to oh
1: yeah, <laughs> to there's a grudge match up. to
0: settle yeah. when this tune is over. Yeah, our fir- maybe our first band fight. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> All right, well, Cameron, let's just begin. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> One two three. <laughs>
0: Not sure if we played that since uh since when we were in the she, studio uh, yeah <laughs> I, I think
1: that uh, you could probably tell on my view, <laughs> i don't think so at all yeah. and so i i i need to we need to talk to the people about uh right. the the disagreement that arose because i i got yeah. a, a a text message from george while i was up in maine just going hey where do you hear the downbeat on uh, Old Cow Died yeah. So I pulled the YouTube video and played it And I started like snapping And I sent like a little Instagram video And he was like no And <laughs> so I know this has like been a, a, a subject of debate yeah, And I, I need to hear more about that Yeah I
4: mean I don't know what to say it aside from. The well f- I think that like uh, Tell you us where you're well, wrong George <laughs> well, <laughs> well here's the, here's the disagreement Mike is Australian <laughs> and i'm from new zealand and we are i'm just, playing this
3: tune in a very australian
4: yeah, way we are just kind of uh you know like we're just set up to disagree what uh, that bush
3: tune know, old no, has
4: <laughs> um, got like
1: geopolitical old yeah yeah, time yeah. For <laughs> first. Uh, I,
4: I just I, i'm you know like i'm just predisposed predisp- dis- to uh, to have to disagree with mark on this um, and everything uh, no, <laughs> um <laughs> Well, no, why, I don't why, know. I just s- like
3: I think yeah. I sent you a I sent you a recording, right, of me playing it. Yes. But and and then you were like, here's me playing it, and then we sort of there was a little bit of back and forth and we we're like, wait.
4: Well, I think what we were where saying Where is where
3: yeah, is the one B? Big- <laughs> I
4: think what we were saying before, you know, like about uh, about it always being important to kind of uh, consult the 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 source, and like for me, like usually I start when when someone brings a tune to the table. I'll start at the source because I want to hear that before I get an idea of how someone else has interpreted interpreted it. Because I want to go back and, and sort of hear the things that um, that I want to hear out of it first. So I learnt it from from the source, the way that I heard it. And um, it turns out that I was putting the downbeat in a, in a different place to where you the way Mike was putting it, um, and so I you know like I, so I actually hadn't even listened really to to your video at that point or I hadn't had forgotten you know what I mean and and I was like here's here's me playing it and then and then I went and looked at your video and I was like no this is a completely different tune like like and you flipped the beat around you flipped the beat around on. Uh, um, on this one, it's kind of wild how different it sounds. It's mm-hmm. like it's like so, completely. So, so wait, different. so
3: so the way we played it just now was one, two, three, four. And you were hearing it as correct me if I'm wrong. One, two, three.
4: trouble, like, he- like, hearing anything other than your version. When it's on guitar. <laughs> yeah, when yeah. it's on guitar, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Um, like, um, I would have to hear the source again. Like, I've kind of forgotten um, exactly how it was. But it's literally, it's like half a beat, like,
3: moved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's wild that it works in both cases. As yeah, a, as, mm-hmm. a, as a tune. Yeah. Uh, as a tune that, like, makes sense and, like, you know, doesn't sound, like, off in either...
1: Yeah, both from of either those perspective. were very valid tunes. Yeah. I like
3: both
1: of them. <laughs> yeah. It's like one of the cool things about those old source recordings. There's so much ambiguity. And I want to yeah. know how you dealt with that, because of course that's a Nathan Fraser and Frank Patterson tune, and Nathan Fraser was playing a different kind of banjo than you're playing on this tune.
0: Yeah, although I think he's From the shapes that he was playing that I was hearing, the hammer ons and stuff, mm-hmm. like I think he was playing in the same tuning. Yeah, it uses me. modern
1: tunings. Yeah. It's low, right?
0: Yeah. Uh yeah, was that or is that tuning is that source in, in standard? Or uh, close it's, to, it's low. Yeah. It's low? Okay. Yeah. It's been it's been a minute since I actually tried to play along. Uh yeah, uh during this whole debate, I like I went to the source and I was just like trying to put out Mark's version from my brain, and just like, what yeah. am I hearing? And I was trying to figure out, like, which strokes are being played in the source recording and, like, what's a hammer-on and what's a downbeat. And there's no sense of any sort of bum-ditty, bump-a-ditty, yeah. any sort of pattern. It's pure melody and rhythm, and it's so, so syncopated that I'm just like, okay, I get it. Like, I... I mean, I still heard it the way Mark heard it, but basically I I would argue only because that's the interpretation that I heard of first. And if I was trying to interpret it... I don't know what I would have done. Mm-hmm. I probably just would have not tried. <laughs> like, this isn't for me. Yeah. <laughs> but Mark did it, and I think it's great. You
4: know, in, a, in a subsequent record, one of these days, we're going to record the other version. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the young <laughs> cow died old. Lives. <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. cow died old.
1: <laughs> Cow-old. died old. cow Old dice. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get another tune, I wanna know more about you, Mark, because the the wild thing about this band was that Cameron was just like, I found this guitar player. <laughs> and i like didn't know that you existed. It sounds like George didn't know you existed and yeah, you were like on the in the same country with not that many old time players for a while. I want to know like what's your story in the music, who your influences are because i don't feel like i've heard anyone do this thing before.
3: Yeah, um so i i think i've i've really only been like really into old time for about the last f- 6 years or so. Mm-hmm. Um George and i talked about this how, you know, I was, when I lived in Australia... Yeah, I was offended when I first found out
4: about Mark. I was like, like, no, you're not allowed to be from Australia without me knowing who you are.
3: (laughs) Yeah, there's only 20 million people in that country.
4: (laughs) I know all of the old-time musicians, and you're not one of them.
3: Well, yeah, so part of the thing was, uh, so I I moved to the States about 10 years ago, and uh, I was somewhat involved in music when I was in Australia, but not old-time. I was sort of... you know playing vaguely kind of Americana kinds of things and Mm singer-songwriter kinds of things Uh, but it wasn't really until I got here that I and so I think that's you know that's the uh, charitable interpretation of why we didn't meet I think the uncharitable one is that George was back then still a big deal like (laughs) like even then was a big deal and I wasn't so (laughs) Uh, basically my story with old time is just getting really into the music only being able to play the guitar. I'm mm-hmm. um, my partner plays the cello. Uh, and we both wanted to learn to play old time music and so we both just bounced ideas off each, of each other trying to figure out how to make those sounds on these these instruments. Um, in the course of developing the kind of way I play like I haven't re- you know guitarists other guitarists haven't really figured into the equation.
1: Okay, so the reason why I don't see who you're influenced by is because you came up with it you know
3: it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah i' I'm, cool. I'm uh you know and there's definitely i definitely um i used to I used to play a lot more bluegrass than i do do now, mm-hmm. and I know Michael Daves was one person who was particularly influential like just in the right hand. You don't have to be like stuck to the guitar and have a really kind of like delicate touch to play. Uh, you know this generally speaking this type of music you can you can really bang at it Uh, (laughs) and you can and you know as Michael Daves is good evidence of you can play really well doing that Uh, and so I kind of like that was one influence of mine in just trying to trying to get more just like energy and and have the guitar make more sense in just this kind of sitting around playing uh, scenario as opposed to like like a recording where you can be real finicky about your mic setup and you can
4: yeah that's um that's interesting to say that because um I have had at least one friend like have a lesson with Michael Daves and talk about um the fact that Michael Daves um, encouraged him to kind of like listen to fiddler's bowings mm. and like interpret them with the pick stroke um and that like um, that like to me, that's that's a lot of what I hear in your playing is is something that, that I don't hear a lot of people do, which is kind of you know get rhythmic like fiddle bowings into your guitar strokes. Um, so that's interesting. Like whether or not that was a, a conscious thing or not, something really cool. I think about that not,
1: not a lot. Yeah, this is I think the only old time band I've heard where the guitar and the fiddle are almost more in sync than the fiddle and the banjo. Whoops! <laughs> what are you doing, Cameron? No, I just mean I do hear that, especially yeah. on that cuckoo. I mean, you two are like really in lockstep with one another, and you have kind of a different thing going on because Flyhammer yeah. like doesn't do that thing very yeah. well. So it's that's, yeah, that's so
4: interesting. I, that's that's something that we, that um, again when we were sort of like what is our what is our sound, um, we were really talking about how like we're kind of coming at this as like three instruments playing melodically more often than not um mm-hmm. like there, there are some stuff on our album um where Mark is playing playing some chords eventually he'll sort of get around to playing some chords <laughs> and it'll be like yeah like it's uh, kind yeah. of like it's but more, we're using it as an effect rather than the the, the, the,
3: the middle, standard little, yeah
4: yeah which is which is unique and and, and a fun thing that, that we had fun kind of working out how to mm-hmm. how to interpret.
3: Yeah, when we were like sort of like sketching out arrangements for uh, for some of this stuff to record, you know, there's there's bits that are just old time in big uh, <laughs> Yeah, big yeah that's capital right. letters C- caps lock yeah.
1: Yeah. old time. And that was when And that's where <laughs> that's where I really
3: go into just the like straight boom chuck. Uh, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> well it sounds awesome I'm loving the like the mix of very gentle bowings that you do on here and like the plucky sounds that are going on it's a really unfamiliar texture for this kind of music I think it's really cool and I cool. want to hear another example
0: yeah I mean we sh- should we have Jake play one of our album tunes with us are we ready for and that we, let's
1: save that for the end right okay
0: party at the end yeah, yeah. okay that seems yeah. right to me Great. yeah
4: Jake's in charge. This is his podcast. It's
1: true. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you would like to end with one from your album, which would also be a very fair choice.
4: Um, No, I mean, I think we can do do at least two more from the album, um, if you want. Um, Mm -hmm. Why don't we do Go Away Far
0: Yeah, that'd be great. One, two, three.
2: (音楽) so
1: Faro comes from Dolly Falks awesome yeah that was really um, lovely
0: Americans would call it Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. just like oh, also of, uh, also, a bit also of cool I would call it, it
2: Pharaoh. <laughs> okay <Also. laughs> uh,
0: you, you are you're all American to me I've just said the accent in the accents, yes. which is also probably wrong <laughs> but <laughs>
1: I don't think any of us are saying it in the authentic style yeah <laughs> yeah. I just, <laughs> yeah. for,
0: for our non New Zealander audience out there go away pharaoh yeah slash Faro. we were making um, go away nero jokes anyway oh my gosh like other
1: <laughs> um, all right so i want to ask you questions cameron um because i've been like peer pressuring you to do a banjo album for five years at this point yes and i'm very <laughs> excited that it's happening and i feel like i feel like that was a really exciting tune partially that was a very high pressure arrangement Like, you all had very heavy lifting to do in the way you put that tune together, and that was very impressive. But I was definitely feeling like, you had a really tall task, you're playing a fretless banjo with a guitar, and playing some harmony lines that if they weren't right, it was going to sound really wrong, and you nailed it. And I'm like, this is what Cameron's been waiting for. Like, like, this this moment. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, it's impressive. I mean, like, it was impressive when we were putting this together. You know, I basically played the melody the whole time, and normally in, like, those sort of situations, you know, it's pretty easy for a fiddle to go, like, oh, we'll do a harmony. Um, but uh, Cameron nailing the harmony on the fretless banjo up the neck. Like, mm-hmm. what?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, for some reason, while we were sending each other demos back and forth, I decided it would be funny to have a version <laughs> that was a uh, uh, Lydian parallel harmony yes. on, the, on a fretless banjo. Uh, and move. I brought it up and uh, when when we got together in our little, our little band camp <laughs> in the cottage. One time in <laughs> band camp.
2: It's yeah. Okay.
0: It was one
3: of those like, well, not this, but and then played it and we were like exactly that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like okay. It was really exciting every time it happened. And I feel like there were like there were some lost lula vibes there at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I was having like, you know, Ferris and I Jason praise. flashbacks. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's wonderful. Um, and I'm interested in hearing from you like how Man, I, I don't feel like like two years ago, I would have ever seen you playing a fretless banjo, and I want to know about like what you feel brought you to this point as a banjo player.
0: Okay, well,
1: not just the fretless.: but Sure, like partially the fretless.
0: Yeah, I knew that I wanted to eventually I wanted to eventually get to fretless because I had this idea that um, it would access a different part of my brain that wasn't so obsessed with notes. Did it work? (laughs) I think it has helped in some ways. (laughs) I know.
4: I love where that's going and where it ended up.
1: I (laughs) know. (laughs) Uh,
0: I had this really. uh, (laughs) I had this moment uh, during the 2020 virtual Earful of Fiddle um, with Jake, where I was teaching. uh, We were both teaching banjo. And. I had just gotten this uh, Proust tech head from Phil Schills. Shout out again to Phil Schills, who... We love uh, Phil Schills. Yeah, uh, who's a a good friend, who I would love to give a hug to someday, because I've never met him in person. But, uh, you know, these internet friends we make sometimes that become close. (laughs) Anyway, he gave me this banjo, uh, because he was... I guess he had enough other banjos <laughs> to play with, and wanted to see what I would do with it, and so I was just getting the hang of it during earful and over our zoom call, I was like, Okay, so Jake, having this issue with this banjo, which is I feel like I have to retune it like after every single tune, and ideally in between in the middle of every single tune, it's constantly the going out of tune, I feel like maybe the bridge is moving, and Jake was like, Well just move the bridge closer to the tailpiece and that'll create more tension and it'll keep it in place. And I said, but on this Boucher-style banjo, that's going to put all of the You know, note markings out of place with where their frets would be, so I won't know how to play. Um, I don't know where I won't know where all the notes are up the neck. What
1: you need them notes for? (laughs) Yeah.
0: And Jake uh, dragged me publicly and said, "You need to calm down." And and I took that personally. (laughs) Uh, So I had to relearn where all of the notes are, which is just a little bit. A little bit beyond where each of these natural little markings, there's like a 7th fret marking and a 12th oh, uh, fret are. marking. I think that's what they're supposed to be. <laughs> and now I, I I know to play next to those. I know to miss them in order to get the notes correctly. Um, but I will say that for all of my... You should get some dots. <laughs> I should get some dots, yeah. <laughs> for all of my, like, I don't know, little... The way my brain works with notes and music and stuff, it has, I mean, the exciting thing about this is that it has like more notes in it
2: mm-hmm. and I
0: get to play more notes in it because the fret, the fret advantages don't have them all. So like I've had these moments where I was like, Oh, I finally get to like, what's that tune? Uh, Jenny Runaway in the mud of the night mm-hmm. from Marcus Martin, where he plays a, a neutral seventh. Um, I, I've been calling it a, uh, a G Schlorp. Um, <laughs> gross, but that's what it sounds yeah, it's, like. It's where he goes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it <Nicky laughs> reminds me of like moist. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it's like, a very moist word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or mouthfeel, which is oh, Shakespearean why. Way. Why would you why? He yeah. plays like and then like finally I can play that, you know, I don't know. So that's been exciting, but it also it's also been a really nice instrument because when I've been playing with people and wanting to, like, force myself to abstract... Because there are things that I cannot do on this. Mm-hmm. And it's been really nice to be like, oh, I have this, like, tonal palette where it really actually doesn't matter what I play as long as it has a groove. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty thrilling to play, especially with certain instruments who are... it's matters more. Like... like I love playing this with uh, with mandolin players because I'm in a different register from them and I don't have okay. to match all the notes and it doesn't clash as well as much. And then it's hard to say what, how exactly I've taken it back to my steel string banjo, fretted banjo, but I feel like it's informed the way that I've mm-hmm. approached it and it's been good for my good for my brain so you're tuning this a third low it's an E right right now it's an E I take it up as far as F sometimes uh, and as low as C Mm -hmm. and then I'll use um, you know mountain tuning uh, like double C tuning essentially in G and A and wherever else Um, but for this album I just keep it no actually we play maybe we should do Kiss Me Quick My Pop Is Coming we're gonna do all of the uh, the Mark Uh, tunes oh right (laughs) yeah (laughs) We each brought four tunes to the album, and we...
4: I don't know that it ended up exactly like that. That was the I idea. think it did. Did it really?
0: I think it did, yeah. Because we have 12 oh, really? tracks, and I think it's four of each of our choices.
4: Really? I, like, I, I, don't, I didn't really go back and check, because I think we just ended up kind of like going with the ones that made sense because we ended up with like way bigger list than what we ended up recording but i didn't realize that we actually ended up with like four selections each i think so but
0: i think we also just like i think it's all sort of blended together because i think we have such compatible tastes in tunes that i'm like you know you brought go away pharaoh and like that's my favorite tune to play (laughs) like on the album it's so fun you know And like yeah so i don't know
1: well how about another tune
0: Should we we do that, or do you want to... I'm down for anything. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I can definitely play that. Um, How... You started that by South, didn't you? Mm
2: -hmm. And then... This,
0: This is an example of a tune where I was like, I can't actually keep up with this on my regular banjo. I'm going to become pure id in my arrangement for this, so
1: normally so restrained. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Is
0: coming.
1: Excellent. <laughs> All right, well, last on my list of people to bother is. <laughs> George, Georgie Bear, Big Deal, Dorigo Jackson. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: you may know him from Hot Boys of Bluegrass, yeah. Instagram page.
1: <laughs> also fake <fit> Jack Blunt. <laughs> yeah, George has been accumulating nicknames at a, rec- uh, a breakneck pace for the past week. If there's one um, thing
4: that I can be assured of, though, is that, like, I feel like I have a, a long track record of, like, people trying to nickname me, and... It always just ends up being George. So.
1: Uh, I think Georgie Bear is going to stick. <laughs> we had a, uh, an elementary school gig earlier this week, and there were some 10-year-old girls who were very excited <laughs> about Georgie Bear oh my and his accent. Um, oh, that's pretty funny. Yes. Yeah. So uh, personally, I think it needs to continue. I'm going to be pushing the Georgie Bear agenda. This is the place but to do it. I also <laughs> so want to that Yeah, there. that's true. We're just like involving the world in yeah. this now. you are going to go to Cliff Top next year. It's going to be over. Um, so I want to ask you some questions about your playing on this because I feel like you you play in three styles with some frequency that I'm aware of, right? You play bluegrass, you play old time, and you also play Swedish music. Yeah, and I, I feel like I've heard all three of those things in the tunes that you've played so far. Like right. I felt like Cuckoo actually came out sounding kind of Scandinavian in some spots. I would.
4: I deliberately was kind of going there a little bit. Okay. Yeah. It, well, yeah. the, the yeah. melody asks for that. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I kind of enjoy it, and like when I, because like, I play a harmony on that on that tune, and I and I definitely went the Scandi route on that harmony, like down the kind of sixth mm-hmm. down from the melody, and kind of like um, definitely emphasizing some of those kind of Lydian esque things. I remember we talked about that. I yeah. was kind of like, I'm kind of hearing this like Scandinavian vibe on this a little bit. Is this okay? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, but the melody yeah, I was begs for that. It.
1: The yeah. structure of the tune begs for that. Yeah. It's very, yeah. like, you oh. know, links in a chain yeah. in
0: a similar way. I want to well, talk like, to John about that. Mr. Yeah. Snipes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: You've been to Sweden hey, with <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, yeah. I no, I mean, I also have studied a little yeah. bit of Scandinavian music. Yeah. I have definitely found with some of the old, like, really archaic field yeah. recordings, there yeah. is a similarity in the approach. And it it's cool to hear that yeah. coming out there.
4: I'm glad you noticed that. Yeah, that's
2: cool.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I'm wondering how you approach blending styles. Mm. I mean, I mm. play with you, but also with a lot of other fiddle players who are polymaths in this way, and you can yeah. do many different things. And I feel like you all kind of have your own set of rules or, like, norms with how you decide which well you're drawing on, depending yeah. on the tune. And I would yeah. love to hear more about that.
4: Definitely it's often in my approach to the bow. I mean, that, that seems obvious, but, like, it's also, like... The way that I hold the bow uh, when I'm going for certain things, like um, I, I d- definitely have been allowing myself more and more to hold the bow in a less like rigid way when I play old time music, and just really letting myself like have no rules about it because that makes sense. Like it's no all- just
3: right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Australian
2: culture <laughs> <laughs> just like the motherland Bless you. Bless
0: you. Um, shrimp on the barbie all that oh my God. <laughs> you're
1: really not trying to make Australian friends right now that's what he he just made an Outback
0: Steakhouse joke I can't do it I thought I was invited to the barbecue <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: Oh my god! Like,
4: you're not invited to the Barbie yet. Right? Right. <laughs> it's the Barbie. Um, no, no. Uh, well, anyway, back to my very serious uh, discussion about boys. Um Yeah, I, I don't know. When I'm playing all-time music, like I, I'm, I'm kind of like trying to get more loose with it these days, and like let go of my my like pinky finger and and my. Middle two fingers a little bit. I'm just kind of like going with the claw a little bit more these days. You know, I feel like there's just certain things that like you can only get the sort of sound that 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 I hear on those old recordings when you are that like loose with it. Um, and 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 then when you know when I'm trying to play bluegrass music, I'm often kind of like pressing harder and then kind of like my other fingers start going to the stick and kind of like. Um, but yeah, I mean, when we were recording this stuff, I was mostly in old time, in old time land. There was, I suppose there was a few tracks where I kind of dip into bluegrass land a little bit. And then obviously that one little moment, particularly where I felt like I was going, going there with some, uh, Scandinavian sounds. Um, I
0: think you at least take a swim at least once. (laughs) I I definitely
4: take a, a, a swim in bluegrass land, um, in the bluegrass pool. Um, uh, a couple of times, yeah, um, yeah. I definitely feel like my technique changes, particularly in the bow hand. I would say, um, but I'm I'm consciously trying to blur the lines more with my playing and kind of make it more kind of less less defined in my my own brain when I am doing one and the other. Like sometimes. I'm like, you know, playing an old time tune and I'm like, I should be playing bluegrass like this. This is really groovy. Mm. People, people love it when I, when I go with the energy that I bring to old time music in bluegrass and, um, and sometimes I can, you know, sort of get a little too like precise and, 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 and all of that and the bluegrass land, um, and, and start tripping myself up or whatever, and I, you know, I just, I should just be kind of, like, mashing down on it like I do in, in old time. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, <laughs> so I'm actually, strange. like, I'm, I'm kind of, like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of, like, um, I'm purposely trying to, like, bring those two sides of myself, particularly those two sides of myself, mm-hmm. together more and more. And, and, um, so... Yeah, so we'll see how that keeps going.
1: It's funny, I feel like this is a trend right now for a lot of young old-time musicians to be bringing in these bluegrass bits, and Mm -hmm. a lot of young bluegrass musicians to bring in the old-time bits. Makes me wonder if we just needed some time apart, and now we're just (laughs) converging again. (laughs) Maybe we'll just switch places, and (laughs) old-time will have a lot more money in it in like 20 years. Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) You ready? You're gonna be playing Dewitt-style banjo in 50 years. And IBM
3: is gonna move to Clifftop, West Virginia. Yeah, yeah no, I,
1: I, I was loving this idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> IBM
4: at Clifftop, and then um, Clifftop happens at the Marriott Hotel. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Like fancy suits at clubs.
1: Yes. <laughs> the main di- the main difference would would really be the convenience of the shower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it would be quite a change in ambiance to be in a hotel. Yeah, I think I would out. miss it. I'm not sure I would miss that part of it, but yeah, no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't trade. We embrace the good with the bad. Well, is there? And I guess there's one thing that I just want to like. Quickly ask all three of you, which is which track of the album you are most excited about. Doesn't have to oh, be everyone's answer. looking at
4: me first. I mean, honestly, like uh, I'm pretty excited about about the album just generally. But like, I really did love where we went with the cuckoo. Um, that one, that one f- feels really exciting to me, and um, like. We we really work on some textures in that in that piece, and I and I like I really like where we where we ended up, and that was that was a lot of fun. That one kind of stands out to me personally, from what I can remember. Cameron? Also, also the um, I tell you another one. I suppose am I allowed to pick Run it two? up? Um, or just another one that really that, like I really love listening to is that one that we did um, uh, the Last of
0: Sizemore. Um, yeah, that one's so... Yeah. I, was, I couldn't believe how yeah. how great that turned out. It was so really good. If as you as do long. say so yourself. <laughs> yeah. I was honored to be a part of it. <laughs> yeah, and um, excited by what happened.
4: Yeah, a little hiring Stampa.
0: Yeah. That's like one of the only old-time tunes that I've played that has a a half beat in it. Right. And yeah. it's it's amazing like how how unsettling that is to play. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's wild. I feel like we worked really hard to sell that half beat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm proud of <laughs> how we did. Yeah. Can't wait to hear it. How about you? What's your most, you know, uh, I, I do some singing on the album and one song I was really excited about was Oh, Reed's springtime of life. Mm-hmm. I just think that, our arrangement of it is, like, so dramatic and, like, bringing, like, the the weight of, like, teen angst, but, like, with dignity and, like, uh, yeah, I just... uh, I'm really happy with that arrangement of that song. Mm -hmm. I think you're playing on that. Like, the solos are so beautiful and uh, our harmonization that we worked out and... I, I wasn't sure what we were going to do with that and how we were going to keep... How we were, how we were going to keep our, like, tune sound and translate it into that song. Mm-hmm. And I thought we... I think it sounds like us. Also, just, like, on a personal level, like, I think it's so cool that Ola Bell-Reed is... I mean, she sings it, you know, as, like, a young girl, like, pining for uh, a boy. And then they are sort of separated because of their circumstances um but she also she sings kind of from any gender kind of mm-hmm. at will and it seems to like not be like a, a big deal like like she recorded that music you know and mm-hmm. like no one like bats an eye at it and i also know from like kathy and marcy that she was like yes an early like you know queer ally or no, she's not queer but she's an ally to to queer folks and you know and mm-hmm. we would talk openly with with them about it and that means a lot to me personally and I think also just the story of that song for me to sing it uh feels like I don't know I was able to work out a little bit of just like (laughs) do do a little bit of therapy in the studio you know and on stage of just like growing up in the church all of this stuff was like out of you know reach for me and so that was very personal for me and I felt very like supported and encouraged to like have you two like come along with me on that and help me sell that uh, drama and experience that drama for myself you know and communicate that with such like dignity and yeah so that meant a lot
3: Mark I think Old Cal died
1: Mm
3: -hmm. Um, I love the amount of ambiguity in that tune Uh, and it's yeah, there, it's just, um, you know, as we, you know, in addition to the aforementioned metrical uh, ambiguity yeah. that, uh, or we couldn't yeah. decide on where the one was, um, I love just playing up that sort of, he's got this very much...
2: Mon- <laughs> sort of yeah, like, yeah. like <laughs> such a good sound. Like, <laughs> what, like
3: one chord, six minor chord, just kind of like existing together mm-hmm. and like... It's really fun, not like, and you know, at at a certain point in the song, we really heavily kind of s- settle that uh, in the in the backup guitar stuff. But I love just not deciding that issue for a long time and just keeping it, yeah. keeping both of those sounds just kind of like in the air. Mm. Um, and yeah, and the the tune is just so much fun to play. Like I I I have so much fun playing playing it with these two. That was a really interesting
1: like thing to zero in on the like six and one happening at the same time because Gribble Lusk and York do that too. Where there are moments where the fiddle player and the banjo player will both be playing the six and the guitar is just sticking on the one. I love that and sound. And, it's yeah. so it's such a good sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So and, it, think, and
4: it really does fall outside of kind of like how we've been trained to listen to music, isn't it? Like, yeah, because you know, like like that just kind of. You know, brings up how, like, you know, we're just conditioned from, like, day one with with everything that we hear these days, uh, at least in, in my experience, I'm sure in yours. But, um, uh, yeah, you know, like, there's a very clear difference between, you know, the one chord and the sixth chord, you know, and, and muddling those sounds up would would be kind of a big no-no. You
0: know and, and like what am I supposed to feel? Yeah. Is it
1: happy or is it sad? <laughs> yes.
0: yes well, yeah, I think we had a lot of that going on the
1: other night Remember we yeah. were in a G jam yeah. that sort of just turned into a John Lusk jam at yeah. a certain point, <laughs> and I was just like, I'm putting my E string on everything yeah because <laughs> yeah. that's just what he does. No, well, it's a sound. Yeah. I love that you like picked up on that and managed to fit it in there in such a like innovative new arrangement of the tune. I want to hear another tune.
0: Uh, I think it's time. So typically, this will be yeah. like the last tune. Oh, um, there's
1: five normal ones and, and then the, the, the extra. Okay, yeah. Can,
0: can we can we do a quick little plug session for for the album and for we have some. Bi- we're recording this before we were well before we release it, and we have some business to discuss and figure out what exactly is going to happen. <laughs> but um, I guess what I'll say is, please wait until. After the last tune For some specific calls to to action There may be some Kickstarter Type things, maybe literally a Kickstarter Or uh, That kind of thing, pre-orders Something uh, to help make this album Get As far spreading as possible And to get people Aware of it, and to, you know Make it look good and sound as good as possible Because, you know, we've Paid for the studio time, but we still got to like so got to mix and master it stuff and stuff to do <laughs> artwork and some publicity would be cool and yeah. and printed and all and all yeah. that stuff so yeah T- tall poppy string band
1: oh yes. i also need to ask so when george explained this band to me it made perfect sense because of his accent because he pronounces o's differently than we do so it came across as the flower poppy and then when I heard you say it, I was like, "Wait, like tall poppy? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> the tall puppies? I mean, wait, ask, are you thinking like puppy the, dog or, or no, puppy like
3: like a API like like big puppy? Yeah." And then
1: I was like, <laughs> "Is this a deliberate? Because that is a pun that you would make on pappy. purpose." Like,
3: no, they <laughs> yeah, were all like just giant David Ortiz fans.
1: <laughs> like like Patty, like a
4: yeah. like a. Yeah. Oh, interesting.
0: <laughs> uh, we've already appropriated Enough stuff on this album yeah. That we don't need to just Call ourselves uh, A Latinae greeting A poppy greeting. <laughs> a uh, oh gosh, uh, Well maybe we funny. should explain Do you, you want to take this Since well, it's not my I... culture <laughs> It's very, it was your idea. <laughs> it was my idea. <laughs> uh,
4: I, I guess in in New Zealand where I'm from and also in Australia, it's quite a reserved society and uh, it's it's culturally sort of frowned upon to to stand out too much. I think that like people in New Zealand really value collective collectivism. Everybody's sort of seen as, as doing their bit and you know, even something like sports teams, you know, and sports stars. Um, In the US, sports stars can be very larger than life. And in New Zealand, when they're interviewed, they're often very um, humble and they don't really want to bring attention to themselves because they're a part of the team and, you know, like they're just kind of like, oh, no, like it's it's not about me, you know what I mean? So that's like an example of how, like, you know, if there was a sports star in New Zealand who was like, yeah, I'm the greatest... That would be like immediately everybody in New Zealand would be like, "No, we're not. Turn against them. Yeah, we're not not. fans of this. You know what I mean? So uh, that's kind of colloquially referred to as tall poppy syndrome. um, Because if you stand out too much, uh, then you're kind of cut down to size. Uh, you're the first one to be sort of cut off, you know? And, um, so that's kind of like the visualization of that. And I think that there are, there are good things and bad things that come with that. You know, like I think that in America, uh, it's, it's a lot more culturally acceptable to stand out. And there's obvious like advantages to that. If you are, um, <laughs> you know, a musician, a, a musician yeah. or, or, you know, like, um, you want to bring attention to yourself in, in a certain way because you're, you know, like, maybe maybe it's to do with uh, LGBTQ or something, um, where yeah, you, know, there's, you, there's... St- you stand out and you're like, hey, I'm, like... It's not just about being, um, being like, a large-in-life, like, uh, ego. Um, like, thing. it's also about, like, just standing out differently in society... that that can be tough in New Zealand. And so, like, that's a downside to it. I think an upside to it is that, like, you know, sports stars are, like, humble you know, and they're expected to be, like, just normal people and not, like, think of of themselves as being differently. Um, But then, you know, in in the U.S., when you you come across people and they're, like, they have an ambition to be a musician, but they're working at Starbucks Uh, in the meantime, they're going to say to you, I'm a musician. Whereas in New Zealand, you kind of wouldn't lay claim to that unless you really... That's really what you were doing, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You'd be kind of expected to be like, hey, don't get ahead of yourself here. You know, you're working at a cafe, sort of thing. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Harsh. Yeah, yeah, well, it's... Yeah, so, I mean, I guess that kind of maybe explains... I mean, this isn't, like, cut and dry, like across the board, but it it kind of um, explains a little bit of that that cultural phenomenon of tall poppy syndrome. So I suppose we decided to name the band after that.
0: (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Because I think there's some parallels in old-time music.
1: Oh, certainly. Uh,
0: It's, yeah, there's this um, constant threat of like destroying the tradition. <laughs> or um Yeah. Or like, there's only thousands of people doing it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. two people can
1: yeah. just wreck it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there's this uh there's this concern that um something will be lost or the wrong things will be valued in old time music. Uh whereas like if you actually look at the sources, like yeah, they're just like all tall poppies and they're all doing stuff that's yeah. super different from mm-hmm. everyone else and there isn't a canon and there is no monolith and Mm -hmm. uh yeah i think there's something uh beautiful about um not being uh agriculturally the most sort of efficient or to like appear uniform and you know that that that,
1: monocultures
0: yeah that being said (laughs) uh covid response that collectivism has really paid off (laughs) At times, Australia as well, but it's a bigger place.
1: (laughs) Well, but I think I also hear the tension between those two things in the way that you were approaching this music. I feel like you just really neatly struck at the heart of what you're doing as a band, working with these old traditions, being respectful of the communal art form, and also, you have specific things you bring to the table, and in a way, is it not... Good to contribute those to the community. Do yeah, not place your own yeah. skills at the service of the sound and the tradition. Yeah. So I think, you know, there's a compromise to be made that everyone has to make and it's exciting that you're working on it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I
4: it's think a that fun... kinda of brings us full circle on the way to where we started with talking about some of that stuff and, and yeah.
0: So that's cool. The bouncing act. There we go. Yeah. Last June? Yeah, will you join us please? Sure. Can our de- our gracious host. <laughs> You can pre-order your copy of Tall Poppy String Band's debut album right now. Just follow the link to our Kickstarter in the show notes for this episode and let people know about it when you do. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Tall Poppy String Band for updates on the campaign. And shout out to Jake Blunt for stepping in last minute to relieve me of hosting duties. Make sure you're following him on social media. He's got some shows coming up in the Midwest, and he's coming to Wintergrass. And if you don't have Spider-Tales yet go get it it's so good i'm gonna omit my normal spiel just this once and double down on asking you to support our kickstarter you have until march 2nd so do it soon so you don't forget it's all linked in the show notes thank you so much that's all for now friends thanks for listening come back same time next week to get up in the cool